Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. Well, the response was amazing to the glow up. So if you're not sure what I'm talking about, I invite you to go back and listen to last week's episode when I introduced my new glow up experience, which is something I've never done before. It's four days. It's going to be very high energy, very high fun and high connection. And essentially what it is, is a glow up for you and your business. It's happening from Wednesday the 19th to Saturday the 22nd of October, and I'm going to be traversing the core pillars that will enable you to uplevel your business and your life. It's going to weave together the greatest learnings from my own 10 years in business, as well as my thousands of hours of mentoring both my Bull Darling group and my one-on-one mentees. And I really think October is the perfect time of year to do this because we've still got three months left to go of 2022. And it also means that by actioning the different things that come up for you during this low experience, that you will be sailing into 2023, glowed up and ready to take on your 2023, 2023, I feel like I said 20 a lot there, 2023 goals. So how it's going to run, it's over four days. Day one is all about you and the glow up intention of that is more joy. It's all about really up-leveling your energy given the fact that businesses run off the energy of its founder. On day two, then we're going to be focusing on systems and support. And the intention behind that day is really to create more time and more space for you to do more of what you love in your business. On day three, we're going to be focusing on sales and marketing. And the intention behind day three is higher profile and higher revenue. So it's about really creating a magnetic business that effortlessly attracts your your target customer. And then on day four, it's all about integration. So it's about bringing everything together that's that 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 you've experienced throughout the the three days beforehand. And it's really a tutorial style session. So almost if you can imagine a group mentoring session with me, that's what day four is going to be. It's a mixture of pre-recorded and live. So the first two days are pre-recorded. You'll have the video for that day drop into your inbox at 6 a.m. each morning. And then day three and day four are live, which I'm so excited for to show up live for the group. We've got a pop-up Facebook group, which is buzzing. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. There are hundreds of women in there already and we're not kicking off for two weeks. And there's also going to be prizes. There's $500 worth of spot prizes up for grabs. And what's really important is that it is free. When I worked out what the rate card investment should be for the glow up, it was at least $497. But this is free because I feel so passionately about the fact that I want as many 
of you business owners to have a glow up as you possibly can. So jump to bolddarling.com forward slash glow up. You can also find it the link on my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au. I'll pop a link in the show notes too. And then yeah, if you're really stuck, pop over to my Insta profile and it's right there in my LinkedIn or my, my LinkedIn in my Insta bio for you. So I'm super, super excited for that. And I guess in the background of launching this glow up, the business glow up, I've also been continuing my own glow up over the last week or so. So my focuses over this last week were hair. So I had the full shebang. I had my old ratty extensions taken out, full color fresh new extensions put in. I've kept them a bit longer than I normally do. Normally I have my extensions just for thickness, but they're actually a good inch longer than my own hair. So um, yeah, this is the longest my hair has ever been. (laughs) I equally love it and I'm equally self-conscious about it. So yeah, uh, I'm going to wash my hair myself tomorrow for the first time. So that might be fun styling it (laughs) all by myself tomorrow. The other thing I've done over the last week is had a brilliant session with a new naturopath. She spent an hour and 15 minutes with me and I just loved how holistic she was. And next step with that is to have full bloods done just to really get an insight on where my body is at, what it needs. And it was actually really cool because when I first reached out to her for an appointment, it was probably like six, six to eight weeks ago. And I was in that kind of, what do I say, kind of that lost, low energy, low vibe place that I was in because I was rapping Weaning Wilder and was quite hormonal and all of the things. And I reached out to her and back then it was really about, okay, how do I kind of get out of this slump that I feel like I'm in? And and now, having seen her now and I've been, what I'm five, six weeks, this is week six of my glow up. And it was just such a different conversation. I said to her, like, I feel like I'm in a really good place. I feel like I'm the healthiest, most energized that I've been for probably years. So I said, my intention behind our work together now is not about getting me out of a slump, but it's about how do I optimize this? You know, how do I make this level of energy and vitality sustainable? So that's where we're going with that, which is really, really exciting. And I also, my PT is taking a week off this week because it's school holidays here in New South Wales. So, and she's given me a program because she wants me to see her twice a week as we've been doing, but also do her program twice a week at home, which I've kind of been avoiding. But this week I started it because she's away. Like I have to do some strength. So yeah, I did my at-home strength training, which I was very, very proud of. And Lexi was my my PT. She was counting my reps for me, which is pretty cute. So yeah, the, the, I feel like there's the, the glow up experience uh, for businesses, which I'll be hosting in a couple of weeks time. And then in the background, as I said, there's my, yeah, like my personal glow up happening as well. So on to this week's episode. So I've got a bit of a a listicle episode for you this week, which is always fun. And what I'm talking about is what are the eight traits of highly amazing entrepreneurs? So if you're familiar with the seven habits of highly effective people (laughs) by Stephen Covey, you'll know, you know, the play on, on the, the title of this episode. And I guess from my own experience, from my many friends who are brilliant entrepreneurs, to my Bold Darling group, to my one-on-one mentees, I feel like there's a lot of patterns that I see coming up from the people who are really doing well versus maybe those who just just haven't found that flow, haven't haven't broken into that stride yet as entrepreneurs. And and I really love asking the question: what what makes a successful entrepreneur? What what are the the characteristics? and the traits that I can see that those people who are doing really well have in common versus, as I said, maybe the people who just haven't found 
found their stride yet. And when I say successful, I want to be really, really clear on what I mean by the definition of a successful entrepreneur. Anyone could start a business and work on it 24-7 and try and make it a success from that perspective. For me, a successful entrepreneur is 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 as much about them. It's, it's obviously about them having a successful business in terms of, you know, it's profitable, it's making good money, it's got good profile, it's on a great mission. People want what they have to sell. But I think the other part, which can often be forgotten about in the, the BRW Young Rich list and Fast Starters list and all those things, is it's more the holistic side of that that person as well. It's you know, are they energized? Are they enjoying the ride that they're on the journey that they're on are they investing in their relationships are they healthy you know whether that's physically or mentally healthy so when I say successful I mean for sure having successful businesses but I know for me I always come back to that idea of that holistic success and the seeing ourselves as as holistic individuals rather than just okay I'm a business owner and that's it and that's very much if you're familiar with my bold darling membership group you were you you will have heard me talk about this a lot. And if you're listening and you're a Paul Darling member, hi, my love. It's it's really about building these businesses to be brilliant and su- successful businesses, but not sacrificing ourselves in the process. So I want to be really clear as we head into this, this listicle episode that when I talk about the definition of success, that's what I am talking about. I'm not talking about, yeah, you're hitting the revenue or, you know, yeah, you, you grew by 50% year on year. That's not only what I'm talking about. I'm also talking about us as as holistic, these kind of characteristics as as holistic characteristics as well. So I'm going to do countdown style. I've got eight traits that I'm going to talk through as part of this episode, and I'm going to do them in reverse order. So it's not to say that one is significantly more important than, than another, but I was thinking about almost like the order of priority for these. So I'm going to do, it's, it's like the triple J 100. So if you're not from Australia, every, oh feck, I should know this, Australia Day, uh, triple J, which is a kind of an indie independent radio station here in Australia, does the triple J 100, which is where they count down the top songs of the previous year. I feel like I should be more, more on top of these details. And, and it's a big thing on Australia Day. So like everyone kind of wants to know what the triple J number one was at the end of, at the end of Australia Day. So we're going in reverse order and I'm going to jump straight in. And this is quite a, a short and sweet episode, I think. So number eight is self awareness. And how I explain this is like, we need to, we need to know what our own operating manuals are. And what I mean by that, it's what are our superpowers? What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What are our triggers? And, and the more we know about ourselves, the more empowered and the more visibility we have in order to go and optimize, first of all, ourselves, but then also to build our business around us, the team, the systems, the, the business model. We can actually build that around us once we know what, who we are and what makes us tick. Because if we don't start from a, I guess, a fundamental foundation of that self-awareness, then we just, we, we don't know what we're working with. It's almost like we're building this house and by house, I mean, business, life, everything on shifting sand. And, and we're not starting from that really solid, stable base of, of knowing ourselves. And I think the important thing to say on this point as well is that it's not like we wake up one day and we go, okay, I know myself now. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to kick back now. I know myself. It's an ever evolving process. I was talking to my friend, Leela who's uh, also an entrepreneur. Her and I walk together every Monday evening. And on our walk last week, we were talking about 
you know, people doing the work, doing that inner work on ourselves. And she was saying, she was talking to someone and they were saying, you know, how long, how long do I need to do this work for? And she's like, "Uh, maybe forever, (laughs) because it's, it's a constantly evolving process. So that self-awareness isn't one that we go, okay, tick the box, done, you know, tick the checkbox on Asana, it's done. It's, it's a constantly evolving beast. And if I was to give you, I guess, one pointer on where to start in terms of that self-awareness and probably one of the tools that has helped me most, particularly in, in business, actually not particularly every, every, in every part of my business, my life, is DISC behavior profiling. So I learned about DISC behavior profiling when I was in year one of my first business and it absolutely game changed everything from sales to leadership through to my relationship with my husband, <laughs> to my relationship with my family. It was an absolute game changer. And I'm actually really excited because this month, October, our theme in my Bold Darling group is relationships. And what I'm doing for my monthly masterclass with the group is a, a masterclass on DISC behavior profiling. So each of the group is going to have done their, their DISC profile before our session. And then I'm going to take them through each of the four main behavior styles within DISC. So I'm really, really, really excited to do that. So yeah, DISC behavior profiling, if you haven't looked into it yet, get on it and 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 skill yourself up on it. And if you want a resource on this, I have a whole chapter on profiling and self-awareness in my first book, Remarkability. And in that, I actually give a very top line overview of DISC behavior profiling as well. So yeah, if you want another resource, that that might be a good place to start as well. So number eight, as I said, starting from the, the, the bottom of this ladder that we're building is self-awareness. Now, number seven, so going on to this next level, is a growth mindset. And this is very much attached to self-awareness. I'm sure you know people, I know people who just aren't very self-aware. And I feel like that basic level of self-awareness, it's the, the precursor to having a growth mindset. If you are someone who just isn't that self-aware, who's not interested in becoming more self-aware, chances are you're not going to have a growth mindset. And what I mean by growth mindset, and that's not my term that I have coined. I actually don't know who came up with it. So you've got two types of mindset. You've got a growth mindset, which is someone who's constantly growing, evolving, is hungry for more information, is curious, pioneering, just wants to know more, is, is ambitious, I guess, with their, their level of self-knowledge. On the other side of the, the coin, you've got someone who's got more of a fixed mindset, who's more your kind of, yeah, this is me. This is my life. Just going to keep plugging on. And this, this is, this is where I'm at with no, I guess, major impetus or motivation to change or shift things up. So everyone, I guess, if you think about two ends of a spectrum, you're going to have growth mindset on one end of the spectrum. You're going to have a fixed mindset on the other. And everyone is going to be somewhere along that spectrum. This is probably no shit, Sherlock, but I have really seen that the most successful business owners have that growth mindset. It's like it's built into them. It's part of who they are. And something that's really, really powerful that one of my friends, Jack DeLosa, shared with me many years ago, he said that a business will never outgrow its founder. And that is so true. And I found myself even over the last 10 years of of owning my own businesses, when I go through those lulls or those periods of kind of just not stretching, not growing, a bit comfortable, probably having speed wobbles, like a lot of self-doubt, that that has such an immediate impact on my business and and the performance and the success and the enjoyable the the enjoyability is that a word enjoyment of my business. So 
challenge to you, a question to you right now as you're listening. How are you growing right now? What are you doing to grow yourself right now? And and we really, I guess, as a as a in a an extension of this point around the growth mindset is it's so important to surround ourselves with people who also have a growth mindset. So I'm not saying that every single person in their lives has got to have a growth mindset or they're out on the rear, but it's more about having those people around you, those handful of people, as many as possible, obviously would be amazing, that handful of people around you who are interested in their own growth and who do have a growth mindset. Because to to be on that rising tide is an incredibly powerful thing. And I think it's why I'm so passionate about seeing that in my business. So whether it's hosting a retreat where women are there and they're really, I mean, they're, you're not going to go on a retreat if you don't have a growth mindset, particularly one that I'm hosting. Or in my Bold Darling group, you know, seeing that group show up each week with that growth mindset and that's that's where they're there for. You know, it's almost like that's the uniting force of of, of a group like Bold Darling. It's, it's really, really powerful. So yes, number seven, growth mindset. Number six on my countdown is intuition. And I feel like this is really one of the unsung heroes of, of brilliant entrepreneurs. And the fact is in business that sometimes we need to act without all the facts. So we don't have the full data at hand. We're, we're, we're kind of flying blind to a certain extent. We've got X amount of data or we've got X amount of evidence or X amount of past patterns to refer to. But we don't have all all the facts. I remember reading a, a, an article in the Harvard Business Review very early on in my first business. They're probably talking like eight, nine years ago. And it said that there are two things that business owners of the future are going to need. The first is meditation and the second is intuition. And the reason that this expert gave for that is it was actually the same reason for both, that business is increasingly going to become more and more fast paced. And the meditation is to help our brains, <laughs> our nervous systems actually navigate that level of, of, of fast pacedness. And, and then the intuition is about leaning into our own inner knowing because again, business is going, it's only going to get more fast paced from here, unfortunately. And for some of us who are already going, it's fast enough already. So we need that intuition in order to to make calls when we just need to make a call when we don't have all the facts in front of us. And uh, so I thought that was really, really powerful. That that article really, really stuck with me. So much so that I started meditating. And I also signed up for an intuition course. It was how to develop your intuition course. And uh, I think it was a 10-week course. I lasted four weeks because I could not stand the teacher. So she would read the handouts. So she would have all of her notes for the set for the, the lessons each week typed up. And then she would just read them for like two and a half hours. It was absolutely painful. <laughs> Could not stand it. So yeah, um, if there's, there's actually a book that I would really me- recommend that you read and it's called You Already Know. It's by an amazing Australian psychic called Helen Jacobs. And I'll pop the title of that book in the show notes as well. So Helen talks a lot about how can we really tune into that inner and, and also that higher guidance. I won't get into the difference between the two right now. But yeah, really good book to, to check out, which is You Already Know by Helen Jacobs. And as I said, I'll pop that title in the, into the show notes as well. And also, I think with this whole intuition space, women have a real natural advantage here. We are just genetically, biologically, spiritually, whatever it may be, 
we are just, and I'm generalizing, but what I have experienced is that women are a hell of a lot more intuitive than men are. I remember something happening in Wade's business and I said, is there something like, is this maybe happening over here? And he laughed at me. He said, no, nah, you're crazy as if like, that's, that, that's, I mean, that's just the most crazy thing you've ever said, said. And then six months later, he called me from the office one day and he said, you know, that thing that you picked, yeah, you were right. And I was like, I told you, I knew. And I'm sure all, all of you listening, I'm assuming most of you are women listening. Hi, men, if you're here. Is, is you've experienced that, you know, that sense where you've had a gut feel about something that may become a problem ahead, or you might feel that a team member is disengaged, or you might just get a vibe. I find like this is when our intuition is most heightened is, is you get a vibe from a potential client or customer where you're just like, Oh no, this is going to get too hard. And I have lost count of the amount of mentees that I've talked to who have said, Oh, I totally had a feeling like I had a gut feeling and I shouldn't have said yes to working with them but I overrode my gut feeling because needed the money or they were a friend of a friend or I felt bad saying no or I had a gap in my schedule I thought would be a, a, a pretty quick, easy job. All of the reasons. And, and 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 you know that experience. You know that experience where you just felt like, yes, this is a full body yes or this is a hell no. And And I think we can diminish that advantage sometimes because it doesn't make sense. How do you explain to someone that it just doesn't feel right? Like it does not feel right to me. And, and maybe we just don't need to explain it to someone. You know, it's, 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 it's our business. And, and this is what our gut feel is telling us at this particular time. And again, I'm sure you listening <laughs> have had an experience where you ignored that gut feeling and, and it didn't work out so well as, as have I. And particularly, I think with, with clients, not so much in the second business. But I know my previous business, I would have a bit of a sense of an influencer, maybe that we were going to sign up. And if you're not aware, my first business was an influencer talent agency. So we signed talent exclusively to us and we represented them in all of their brand partnerships. And sometimes I would just have a sense, just have a bit of a, you're going to be a pain in the arse or yeah, kind of was a big one. (laughs) And every single time I was right, every single time we had to either uh, gently resign them from the group, or it just became so challenging that both parties agreed, look, this, this isn't a fit. So yeah, just listen to that intuition. As women, we are really, really blessed to have it. And as I said, I think we can override it very often and diminish it. And it's honestly, I really see it as one of our superpowers as female business owners. And that brings me on to number five in my reverse countdown of the characteristics or traits that I see in in highly amazing entrepreneurs. And number five is humility. Now this is probably on surface on the surface level quite an obvious one. So obviously it means don't be a knob. <laughs> so I've really seen this. It's almost like the more successful the entrepreneur, the more hu- humble and the more gracious that they are in their wins. So that's that's an obvious one, yeah? Like we want to be humble, we want to be gracious, whether you know, we're doing $100 million a year or we're doing a million dollars or 100K or 50K or whatever, whatever is a win for us and where we're at in our, in our journey ourselves right now. But also I think it's really important to be humble with our failures. I have seen so many business owners doggedly pursuing whether it's a plan that they've got or a goal or a course of action or a revenue stream 
or a content idea and they just they just keep pursuing it because they don't want to be seen as someone who's who's given up or who's changed their mind or has pivoted or has decided to go in a different direction and it, it, they take it so far beyond where whatever this thing is whether as i said it's a revenue stream or a business model or even a team member they take it so far beyond the point where it stops say serving them as the business owner and and it didn't serve their team and their customers and and so on and it's coming from a place of you know wanting to probably save save face not wanting to look bad not wanting to prove maybe if there was naysayers who were saying that nah, it's not going to work we don't we don't want to prove those naysayers right because that is always painful and i really think it's important to remember that it's not a failure to change your mind your business needs you to be able to do that in order for it to pivot and 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 survive and that actually brings me very neatly. It's a very organic segue onto trait number four, which is flexibility. And I think we, as small business owners, I think it can be very easy to think about all the things we don't have as a small business. We don't have the multi, multi million dollars of revenue. Uh, we don't have the huge team. We don't have someone whose job it is specifically to buy our post-it notes. We don't have the fancy office in the city with, you know, multiple floors in the city. So it's very easy, I think, to, to remember all, to think about all the things we don't have. But I think there are so many things that we do have and advantages that we do have as, as small business owners. And they are, our ability to mobilize and we can mobilize quickly. We don't have slow moving finance teams or nitpicking legal teams or red tape that we need to break through or boards that need to approve every single thing that we do. And we, we don't have those things to, to slow us down. So we can be much more opportunistic. We can jump on an idea or a hunch and, and we can really, we, we can start something pretty quickly. And I really do believe that rigidity is going to break your business, but it'll also break your spirit. You're doing things in a very four walls, structured way. This is how we do things. We don't change. We can't change. We don't have the power to change. I don't want to change. Resisting change like that, it's, it's, it's only going to end on one direction, which is, is your business eventually stagnating. And, and if you don't nip it in the bud, then, you know, it's, it's, going going south pretty pretty quickly from there. So I really do see the most successful business owners that I I I that I see is is they're really embracing that flexibility and and they're in they they allow themselves to let go of outdated models, outdated offers, outdated team structures. And it's almost like they just let them fall away. Like the dead leaves from a tree, they can just fall away. And if you think about it, if a tree held into held onto all of its leaves, forever and ever and ever, that tree is going to die because it's sending nutrients and water and chlorophyll and all the great things to all these branches and leaves that actually are are dead. And it's, it's wasting so much energy, so much of the energy of the tree. And what we actually want to happen is we allow those dead branches, those dead leaves to, to fall away in order for new shoots, new buds, fr- fresh foliage to, to, to flourish. And I really like to think about businesses like trees like that. Sometimes we need to prune away the things that aren't working. And again, going back to my previous point about being humble in that, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a centeredness to that, that of course, well, this is what I need to do as a business owner. It's not that I'm failing or I'm losing face. And, and it's really giving ourselves the permission to, to practice flexibility every day in our businesses in order to make sure that the, the tree that we're 
we're nurturing and we're raising is as robust and vital and energized as it possibly can. So number three in my countdown of traits of highly amazing entrepreneurs is courage. And I think courage can be misunderstood. And I know for me, I used to think in the past, well, if someone's really brave, then they're just, they never feel fear. Like they're just untouchable. They're like these incredible machines who just blast on and they never feel anxious or afraid or they never experience self-doubt or imposter syndrome or they don't procrastinate. They're not practicing perfectionist tendencies in order just to stop themselves from progressing as a way almost like of, of self-sabotage. And, and what I've learned over the years is that courageous people are afraid, <laughs> but the dip, because everyone feels fear. It's something that every single person feels. But I think what separates the brave from the not so brave is action. And I really loved a friend of mine shared this idea with me years ago that fear is what we feel, but courage is what we do. And I really love that because it, 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 it nails that it hits it on, hits the nail on the head. It's everyone feels afraid, but what we do is, is we move forward and we take action. And even if their palms sweat, if their heart's beating so loudly in their chest, if they're stumbling, they're faltering and they're panicking, the most successful entrepreneurs, they keep moving forward. And life and business really does begin beyond our comfort zone. I I love drawing that from my mentees, my Bill Darling group, that drawing a circle, this is your comfort zone. This is you right here in the middle. And when you move beyond that, and I draw a, draw a big, bold arrow out of beyond that circle, this is where life and business really does begin. So I just want to acknowledge the fact that, yes, you probably do feel afraid. And if you're like me, you feel afraid a lot. But the difference is what you do with that fear. And it's that I actually have never read the book that feel the fear and do it anyway. And that's it. That's it in a nutshell, isn't it? So moving on to trait number two, and this is bounce back ability, aka resilience. And I have yet to meet a business owner who has said to me, wow, this this business journey, it's been really easy. That's amazing. Like I thought it was going to be really hard, but it's just been so easy. I honestly have never met one single person who has said that to me. And I've met probably thousands of entrepreneurs now at this point. And it really is a case of, I remember one of my old business coaches, Ronan, saying this to me, not that he's old, it's a long time since we worked together. And he said, it's not if the setbacks happen, it's when they happen, which can sound, I guess, because I'm such a raging optimist. When he first said that, I thought it sounded quite negative or pessimistic. And and what I've realized is it's more, it, it just gets gets us back in center. I am super optimistic. I always think everything's going to work out brilliantly. But factoring in the fact that, well, setbacks are going to happen. It's not an if, it's a when. It just centers me more. I, I kind of come back into into my center a lot more and uh, I kind of get to the glass. Not The glass isn't half full, it's not half empty, it's, it's somewhere in between. So I think that resilience piece is so key. And I've seen a lot of business owners give up when it got too hard. And I get it. Like, fuck, I get it. It is not easy. And what I've seen is that the the, 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 the most successful entrepreneurs that, that I've seen in action is they actively foster their resilience. And I remember I had a call. It was, what was it? It was early March, 2020. 
And one of my longtime mentees, Hannah, had come down from Brisbane and we had a, a three-hour session together in Sydney. And we had talked about, I remember saying to her in the session, Hannah, I really think it's time we start thinking about like diversifying your, your client portfolio. And she's like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it, I'll get to it. But I'm just loving all this travel marketing work that we're doing. It's it's so good. And I think, I don't even think it was three days. She had this massive action plan for the, we, we created a quarterly plan and a session together. So she flew back to Brisbane with this massive action plan under her arm. And I think three days later, she texted me and said, uh, can you talk? And I remember talking to her here in the kitchen. I'm actually recording in the kitchen because Wade's working in the office at the moment. And I was chopping onions in the kitchen, talking to her on the phone. And she had basically had three phone calls. That was three in turn of her biggest client saying, look, this COVID thing, we don't know what's going to happen. We need to pull all our budget. We just need to pull everything back right now until we know what's happening. And 80% of her, her clients were travel marketing. So she was in a really, really, really tough spot. Probably one of the toughest spots I've ever seen any of my mentees being in. And and she got her way out of it. She created a plan. We, we hatched an immediate plan together on the phone. And obviously we did a lot of work together over the following months. But she did the work. She She managed the team situation. She managed the clients. She had an action plan of how she was going to diversify. And that was two and a half years ago now. And I actually just saw her a couple of days ago before I recorded this episode. And she is flying high. Her client list has almost flipped. She is, she's diversified into all these different spaces that we identified two and a half years ago. Her problem now isn't actually about getting the work in. It's about finding the team to deliver on the amount of work that she's generating. It's, it's really, really, really incredible. And she's one of the most, I said this to her when we had coffee the other day. I said, you're one of the most, we didn't have coffee, what did we, we had juices. And I said, you were one of the most resilient people I've ever seen. Like this is, it's, it's really, really, really incredible, Hannah, what, what you have done. And, and if I look at someone like Hannah and what she has done and what I see really resilient entrepreneurs around, around me doing is they invest in that support network. You know, they have the people that they can speak honestly to. So when, when the shit bits happen, they don't feel like, oh, I'm on my own. You know, that they're an island and they're completely isolated. They've been consistently investing in that support network. And, and also they do the work on themselves. Like they're consistently going back to my very first point about self-awareness and second point around growth mindset. They're doing the work on themselves, which, which is really, it's, it's actively building their toolkit. So whether it's meditation or it's exercise or it's wine or it's movies or it's whatever it is, you know, there's a toolkit that they've actively been building so that when the shit bits do happen, that they've got a toolkit that they can, they can draw on. I think that's really, really, really important. And, and really, we don't know how resilient we are often until it's tested. And if I think about the most challenging periods that I have had in business, if you had told me before those things happened, I would not have believed you that I would be able to get through it. And not even in business, but, but in life as well. I would have just said, nah, that would be too much. Can't deal. So what I will say to you is that you, if you're currently being thrown a curveball in your business or life and you're just kind of, I just don't know. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I really want you to believe that you can and you will. And you will look back at this experience in a month, six months time, 12 months time, two years time and go, whoa, I grow a lot. I grew a lot during that experience. And, and yeah, that's, that's, that's the, that bounce back ability. And I found what happens is the things that used to fail me. I remember definitely my first business, if I had like an issue with one of our influencers or with a client. And of course they always happen on a Friday afternoon. I would spend 
all weekend obsessing about it. I would be so panicked and so worried. And I think what happens over time is that comfort zone grows, that resilience tank grows and grows so that the stuff that would have kept me awake a year ago wouldn't even, I mean, it wouldn't even register now. And I'm sure you're the same as well. So just trusting that when those challenges do come and we really need to crack into that resilience tank, just trusting that this is, this is stretching us. It's growing. It's almost like with, uh, like strength training, you're almost breaking the muscle down in order for it to get stronger again. You are that too. And you have more resilience than you could ever imagine you had. And I know I've needed to hear that several times in the past. Wade generally serves that one up to me when I need it. And, and he's right. It's true. I have been so much more resilient in times of incredible pressure and stress and loss and grief than I ever thought that I could be. What I do just want to flag as part of this point, and I wrote about this in my fourth book, Step Into You, is the whole concept of resilience fatigue. So resilience fatigue kicks in when we are dealing with things ongoing and and we get to a point where that resilience tank, almost like a bank account, it's it's really, really depleted. So when things happen, which really generally wouldn't really bother us that much, we, we don't have that resilience in the tank to deal with it. And it can really bring us to our knees. And I've really seen this in my community over the last few months, because in Australia this year, again, if you're not Australian, uh, there's been a lot of lurgies. So there's been a lot of kitty sicknesses, um, God, everything, gastro, flus, COVID, conjunctivitis, I've had some of my community really, really struggling. Like kids have been, maybe they've got two or three kids and one of the kids has been sick constantly for three months. Like that is not an unusual story in, in Australia, the, the winter just we've just had. And it doesn't seem like a big thing, you know, oh, my kid's not well. But when it's coming off the back of three, four, five, six, seven weeks of, of, of sickness, and, you know, sometimes it's hitting, hitting the parents as well. And um, that's really, really tiring and really, really draining. And I've really seen that resilience fatigue set in, in that particular sense over the last few months here in Australia. So again, just remembering to, to try and bring yourself back from a place of resilience fatigue. It's going back to everything I've said. It's building that support ne- network around you. It's being around people who get it. It's doing that work consistently on yourself. It's building up your toolkit. It's it's knowing, okay, these are the five things that I know raise my vibe and, and help me fill my tank right up. I talk a lot about this and step into you. And, and okay, I'm going to do one of those five things today. That's it. That, that's going to be the really small incremental things that you can do to support yourself and really actively build that resilience back up again. So we are up to number one. And I've been a little bit sneaky with this one because it's not technically a trait. It's more of a a, a role or a, a responsibility. And, and what that is, it's the keeper of the vision. So this is the most important trait that I see successful entrepreneurs having and displaying. It's that they are actively acting as the keeper of the vision for their business. And whether that means a business is a one-woman band or a team of 30, the number one role of the business owner remains the same. It's to see and keep that vision alive for the business. Because the thing is, being that vision keeper is not something that we can pay someone else to do in our businesses. The, the vision is is birthed with us and we are the ones that need to, to, to birth it and to bring it into the world and to nurture it and be the keeper of it, you know, being that arch protector of, of that vision. 
Because as I said, it's not something you can pay your VA to do is to come up with a vision for the business and keep the business on track towards that vision. It's not, I believe, something that you can hire a general manager or an account director or a head of client services to do. It's something that as the business founder and owner and, and the, 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 the daily runner of the business, the keeper of the vision is it's your job. It is your number one priority. And that's really, if I just want to, to make this super simple, it's knowing where you want to get to in your business. It's having a really firm grasp and understanding of where the business is at right now. And it's having a plan to join that gap. That's it. That's it. Where you want to be, where you're at right now, and what are the steps that you need to take in order to get to where you want to. And it's about you being so fucking clear on that. It's about your team being so fucking clear on that. And it's about everyone that needs to be on that train going where you wanted to go to about them being on board with that. That is your number one role as a business owner. And it's, as I said, it's the trait that I see the most successful entrepreneurs having. It's that they are willing, they are able, and they are actively engaging with that need of them to be the keeper of the the vision for their businesses. And I'm actually really excited because as I'm recording this episode tomorrow, I've got the quarterly planning day for my Bill Darling group. So this is where it's the first Thursday of every quarter. We get together, we review the previous quarter. We do really almost like a health check on them, their lives, their business, their lives more holistically in their businesses. And then we plan the next 90 days. And as part of that, then we have, I call it get shit done time, GSD time. And we have an hour to two hours, just depending on, on the flow of the day where it's about taking that one thing, that key thing that they know on their quarterly plan, if they go back into kind of IRL in real life after the session, they're going to procrastinate on it and it's not going to happen. That's the one thing that they need to tackle as part of the get shit done time. So there's epic accountability built into that that session as well. I love it. Like to see the clarity and yeah, the clarity of the vision, the clarity of the plan as as we wrap up that session tomorrow afternoon, it's really, really special. It's It's why I do what I do. It's, 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 it's really, really incredible. So it's, it's really thinking about you as that lighthouse, you know, whether the sea is, the ocean is, is calm or whether it's choppy or whether it's day or whether it's night, you are that lighthouse on steady ground with your beautiful bright beacon. And you are that, that guiding light for you and everyone who, who is part of your business. That's the number one trait that, 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 we need to have uh, if if we want to have successful businesses. So I'd love to ask you an, an invitation to ask yourself two two questions. Number one, based on everything I've shared, and just as a as a quick recap for 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 ease. Number eight was self awareness. Then we counted back to growth mindset, intuition, humility, flexibility, courage, bounce back ability, aka resilience right back to being the keeper of the vision. Which one of those do you want to give yourself a little little pat on the back for? Or give yourself a big pat on the back, go crazy. Which one of those do you feel like, yes, that's one that I'm really embodying and that I'm actively growing and developing in my life and business day to day? So ask yourself that and then I'm sending you virtual pats and gold stars <laughs> down the headphones to you. And then second question, which one of those eight could do with some TLC from you? Which one that you know that, okay, if I actively invest in that and embody that one more, that would have the biggest impact on my business. Like it would have a seismic impact on my business. 
So ask yourself which which one of those is one that could have that impact. And and what's one thing that you can do today? Sorry, I'm giving you more questions than two. Third question, what's one thing that you could do today that would embody that, that would send a signal to you, to the key people in your life that, okay, this is something that, that you're actively focusing on um, going forward. So ask yourself those three questions. It might be fun actually to journal those questions as well, just to really unpack what might come up for you during those questions as well. So that is it for this week's episode. If you haven't yet joined the Glow Up, please do. It is going to be so much fun. I've already planned the first two sessions and they are packed. It's going to be pacey. Like I'm like, I just want to have like 20 days with these people, but I'm I'm going to deliver so much value in the, in these four days. And as I said, it is completely free, which is something I have never, ever done before. And I'm really, really excited to do and, 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 and to share that 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 knowledge that I've built up myself over 10 years and have have worked with so many of my mentees in Bold Darling Group as well on 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 the, the these exact things. So I would love for you to join. It's boldarling.com forward slash glow up or just jump to the show notes and I'll pop the link in there as well. And it's also in my Insta profile as well. So thank you so much again for joining this week's episode. As always, it is wonderful to have you and I look forward to chatting to you again next week. Thank you for being part of this week's episode. It was remarkable to have you. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions, ideas and suggestions for future topics for the podcast so please get in touch on instagram my handle is at lorraine remarks and through my website lorrainemurphy.com.au if you're enjoying what i'm putting out here please do rate review or subscribe to the podcast so more people can find out about it and we can build this special community or even better do all three chat to you next week